All right, get your Bibles. Let's open to the book of Psalm number 27. Psalm number 27, Thayo. And uh, it says here, a Psalm of David. So again, uh, uh, we're, we're not sure when David wrote the Psalm. We have some clues, though. And, uh, and we will link it to his early reign as king. When Saul became king, or was installed as king in Jerusalem, finally king over all of Israel, very early in his kingship, the Philistines came, and they wanted to overthrow him. And um, David did something special, and it's highlighted in this psalm. So we're thinking that Psalm 27 is linked to 2 Samuel chapter 5. But we'll look at 2 Samuel chapter 5 in a little bit here. Let's look at the um, uh, what the psalm is about first. So uh, a psalm of David, the inspired heading in verse number 1 says it's a psalm of David. David composed this most likely as a memorial to the time when the Philistines wanted to overtake him and then he was uh, seeking the Lord for direction and for wisdom, and God gave him direction, and God gave him wisdom. You know, whenever God gives you wisdom, when, when you pray, and you ask the Lord for wisdom, and God gives you wisdom, use the wisdom that God gives you, all right? Don't doubt his word. Don't doubt the wisdom that God gives you. Pray about it. God will lead. God will direct according to the scriptures, according to the Holy Spirit. And when God gives you direction and leading, as long as it doesn't violate the scriptures, uh, and uh, 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 follow through, obey the words of the Lord, and uh, uh, you'll, you'll see how God will bless you. And God certainly blessed David for that. So um, this is a, a song of cheerful hope, very much... Uh, four times of adversity, times of trouble. So whenever we get in times of trouble, which times of trouble will only increase the older you get, the longer you live, you're just going to get more and more troubles until graduation day. That's how life is. Okay, so uh, the more trouble comes, the more we depend upon the Lord, the more we look to the Lord, and the more God will help us in every stage, in every juncture, in every turn, God will show up. God will be there if we fellowship with Him, if we cling close to the Lord, we cleave unto the Lord. And so uh, anybody who's learned uh, that you can joy in the midst of affliction this psalm is a very special psalm, and it'll help you uh, with that. All right, so uh, let's look at 2 Samuel chapter 5 for the background. So King David was just installed king in Jerusalem, 2 Samuel chapter 5. And let's look at verse number 17, 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse number 17. But when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines came up to seek David. And David heard of it and went down 
to the hold, to the stronghold, to Jerusalem. Verse 18, And the Philistines also came and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. So the valley of Rephaim is west, on the western side of Jerusalem. And uh, uh, they gathered there to overthrow David, no doubt. Uh, So what did David do? Verse 19, look at what David did. And David inquired of the Lord. David inquired of the Lord. You know what that means? David asked God for direction. David went and prayed to the Lord. He sought God's wisdom. He sought God's favor. He prayed to the Lord. And that's what we should be doing when troubles come our way. We should be drawing closer to the Lord and asking God for wisdom. Inquire of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up to the Philistines? Wilt thou deliver them into mine hand? And the Lord said unto David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into thine hand. So God gave David the assurance that he needed in order to face his enemies. In essence, God already gave David the victory. David simply needed to ask the Lord. What if David didn't ask the Lord? He wouldn't have the assurance. He wouldn't have the confidence. He'd be wondering what's going to happen. What if, I, what, if they, what if there are many of them and there's few of us? But because David asked the Lord and trusted in the Lord, David had confidence that God would give him the victory. Now, as Christians, we ought to have confidence in the Lord. We ought to go to the Lord in every situation and ask God, Lord, what would you, you know, what can I do? Should I do this, Lord, or should I do that? You know, uh, we go to the Word of God. We look for God's direction, for God's leading, for God's guidance in our situation. You know, there are a lot of Christians who are not, they don't have assurance of salvation. They don't have the confidence that they're saved or they're born again. Yes, they trusted in the Lord. Yes, they prayed and received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But for some reason, they're still doubting or they're still wondering. Let me tell you something. You'll never grow spiritually if you're living in doubt. And can a Christian doubt his salvation? Can a Christian go through that experience? Absolutely. You study the Bible, you'll see that every born-again Christian is just as flesh and just as sinful as you and I. There are no super-Christians in the Bible. We all go through the flesh cycle, the problem of sin. We battle doubt and fear, anxiety. We have trouble on every side. And all of this is supposed to help and teach us to trust and look to the Lord and ask Him, inquire of the Lord. You know, when I find when a Christian uh, has a close relationship with God, they are confident, they have the peace, and they go to the Lord and the Lord gives them wisdom. And then all of a sudden they have direction. This is what I'm supposed to do. Because they have a relationship 
with the Lord. They go to Him. They don't go to just anyone. They don't go to Facebook or they don't go to their friends. They don't go to the uh, you know newspaper. <laughs> what you know? What can we do now? You know, <laughs> and they certainly don't go to the government. That's worthless, just about for help. You know, the only one who really can help us is the Lord. He's the only helper. And you know, when God helps, it's always good. It's always complete. So David inquired of the Lord, and David got direction, and David had the assurance, yes, the Philistines are all, is a defeated foe. And so uh, let's be reminded about that. And now let's look at Psalm 27. <clears throat> let's go, and we'll go back to Psalm Second uh, Samuel 5 in a little bit also. Uh, just to tie these these situations in Psalm 27 uh, to 2 Samuel chapter 5. Uh, the outline. <clears throat> Let's look at the outline of the psalm. Uh, we have a chiasm here. Okay, we have a chiastic outline. And when I say chiasm, that just simply means uh, this is a uh, poetic device to bring out the outline so that we have a sense of what, what this chapter is about uh, or this Psalm number 27. So the chiasm is, uh, the Greek letter key is an X. So we will look at um, verses one, and th- 1 to 3. It is David declared the Lord's presence. David declared the Lord's presence. And then uh, it matches verses 13 and 14. David requested the Lord's presence. So David declares the Lord's presence. David requested the Lord's presence. So there's kind of like a, um, he begins the psalm with great confidence and then he ends the psalm with uh, prayer. Uh, Lord, I pray that you're with me. And so there's that contrast there. David declared the Lord's presence. David requested the Lord's presence. And then verses 4 and 6. David desired. Desired. The Lord's presence. And same with verse number 7 to 12. David desired the Lord's presence. So you see, this Psalm 27 is all about the Lord's presence. And so the heart of it is God's presence, the Lord's presence, 
against the enemies. The Lord's presence against the enemies. So David has lots of enemies. He's got the Philistines coming after him. Before he became king, who were his enemies? Who do you remember were David's enemies before he became king? Saul. Saul. Definitely King Saul. And then when he became uh, a ruler over Hebron, uh, you had um, people like uh, Absalom, uh, his own son, Adonijah, his own son. They were all against him. Shimei was against him. Joab betrayed him. Uh, his military leader, Joab, betrayed uh, the king. Uh, so he had many, many enemies, uh, and all different kinds of enemies. Enemies outside, enemies within. David also, uh, uh, Satan was an enemy to David, uh, tempted David to sin, and David gave in to the temptation. David's worst enemy was himself. Uh, let's see, so David had a lot of enemies. And in all this, David learned to pray and seek the Lord's wisdom. And so this is what we're supposed to do. So now you, Psalm 27 is the Lord's presence against the enemies. All right, so let's look at Psalm 27, verse number one, a Psalm of David. And he begins with three things about the Lord. <clears throat> and remember these three, the titles, the names of God are so important because they tell us about the Lord. He says here, a psalm of David, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. So three things. David opens up uh, his great confidence, his great, great declaration of the Lord's presence. He says, the Lord is my light, my salvation. Salvation means deliverance and strength of my life. So when David is weak, the Lord is his strength. It's good to be reminded of those three things. Uh, <clears throat> of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, come up upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host, that's the Philistines, though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. So remember in 2 Samuel, David inquired of the Lord. Uh, so uh, we find that the tabernacle, the place of worship, was very, very special to David because David knew the presence of the Lord is where? It's in the tabernacle. Yes, of course, the presence of the Lord is everywhere. He is omnipresent, right? That's his essential presence. He's, uh, that, that's his uh, practically... Uh, uh, Theological presence, God is everywhere present, of course. But is God especially present somewhere? Where is God's special presence? In the place of worship, the tabernacle. 
which is why David said, uh, 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 this one thing have I desired of the Lord, that, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Uh, he wants to be close to the tabernacle, the place of worship. And uh, what, how do we apply that as Christians today? Do we have a tabernacle? Hmm? Right. Yeah, we, we don't have a tabernacle like David did, but is there a place of worship for the New Testament born-again believers? What's the place of worship for the New Testament born-again believers? The church. And so you see why the church is so important today. It's not because of the building. It's not because of the people. It's because of the presence of the Lord. When, when the born-again believers who have been baptized and committed to themselves and committed themselves to the Lord, when the church members assemble, come together, gather together as a congregation, guess who is in our midst? Where two or three are gathered together in my name. Are we gathered together in His name? Yeah. Well, there's only two or three of us. Aren't you glad Jesus said where two or three are gathered together in my name? God's not looking for hundreds, thousands of people gathered. That's, you know, God's looking for baptized believers who are committed to the Lord, committed to themselves, to gather together. Now, if you have a hundred, wonderful. It's a good thing. If you have 200, praise the Lord. There's more people to like. There's more people to not to like. Amen. <laughs> but if you only have two or three, like we have in Tuktukan, <clears throat> that's very, very special because the Lord is in our midst. And uh, the church is a, is a a special place. Church is where you hear the word of God. And when you're in the place of worship, God shows you direction. God gives you the instruction. You should be inquiring of the Lord when you come to church. Direction, counsel, the leading of the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. That's why church is special. You know, when I was when I was when I first got saved, when I was a young teenager, I was 15 years old, and there's a lot of things that I did not know about the Christian life. Where did I find out all about the Christian living? I found it in the house of the Lord. You see, the pastor, the man of God, he preaches the Word of God. He prepares the Word of God to deliver the Word of God to the church. And as a church member, you get the instruction from the Word of God. And the pa it's very special. The pastor watches over the flock. He sees the need of the people and then he takes the word of God and he, uh, he preaches the word of God so the people will be instructed and grow and learn. 
So I was a teenager, and I went to Shepherd's Baptist Church in Angeles City, and my pastor was Pastor Guerrero at the time, and he was a mighty, mighty preacher of the Word of God. And I gained so many things. I learned to pray. I learned about tithing. I learned about standards of music and dress. Uh, and uh, I learned about uh, how to be a, a soul winner. I learned about uh, how, uh, how to uh, seek the Lord for wisdom. Uh, uh, and I learned so many things. I learned about to stay away from sin, to stay away from danger, uh, uh, spiritual dangers in the, in, in the believer's life. I learned about the importance of Sunday. I learned about the importance of preparing to go to church. I learned how to serve. I learned how to teach Sunday school. I learned how to preach the Word of God. Not a good preacher much, but I learned all those things you learn when you're faithful to the house of God. And this is why our country is going to be destroyed. Because Christians are not serious about getting to the house of God. Why is the country a mess? Because Christians don't go to the house of God to get the instruction from the word of God, from the man of God, and then their homes are not what they ought to be. Why are homes such a mess and such a, a, a royal wreck? You know why? Because they're not in the house of God. Daddy's not in the house of God. Mommy's not in the house of God. Child sometimes is in the house of God. This is why you will never see spiritual progress if you neglect the house of God. Live, I love live stream. We're live streaming right now. But that is not the plan of God. Do you think that David live stream in the tabernacle? Of course not. Did any of the apostles who wrote the scriptures, did Luke, huh, Mark, Matthew, did they just live stream? Or were they in church declaring the word of God, giving people instruction, and people receiving the word of God? Is that how scripture is? That's exactly the biblical pattern. I like live stream. I appreciate you six that are watching right now. But half of you are asleep. And half of you are popping in and out. It's not church. Let me encourage you. Get to church. You say it's illegal. Church in the first century met when it was illegal. Didn't change a bit. If you can make it to the supermarket, if you can go to the mall, if you can go to the store, you can go to church. If you have to wear a mask, face shield, if you got to do what you got to do, do what you got to do. But get to the house of the Lord. Inquire of the Lord. And God will bless you for it. God will give you direction. God will give you wisdom so that your life is not like the, the, the people all around you that are being destroyed. 
Husbands ought to be in the home. They shouldn't be working a job where you're gone away from your home for more than four months. Four months is the scriptural time according to the book of uh, 1 Kings. Solomon allowed the men to work two months, one month, and then come home for two months. And then work another month and come home for two months. And every time they went out, they came home two months. That's in a, in a calendar year. That means you can work four months outside. But that's it. Men, women, moms and dads, your children need you at home. Your children need you at home. God did not give them their grandmother to be their mother, their aunt to be their mother. No, God gave them you to be their father and their mother. So you, father and mother, need to raise them up to the glory and admonition of the Lord. And if you have to work two or three jobs to get it done, bless God, follow the Lord and see how God will bless you. What good is it if you provide money for your family, but then you lose your family and they're not, they're not going to follow the Lord. They're not going to serve the Lord because they saw your example. That's your example. Not good, isn't it? Well, amen, I'm glad you're listening. If you really want to follow the Lord, get a hold of this. Get a hold of this. Be in the house of God. That's why you should, some of you young people, say young people, say, I want to be police. I want to be military. Not, in the, not, in, not if you have to skip the house of the Lord. Say military and police, man, they wear a uniform, they look so sharp, and they, it's such a nice thing, and they're financially secured. Yeah, but what about the house of the Lord? Hmm? Seek first the kingdom of God and all and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. David learned that. David said, man, I want to dwell in the house of the Lord for two reasons. Number one, he says in verse number, uh, he says, uh, let's see, Psalm 27, two reasons why. Verse number four, one thing I desire to the Lord that I'll seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Here it is, number one, to behold the beauty of the Lord. That's talking about worship. I want to go to the tabernacle so I can worship Jehovah. I can worship the Lord. Why do you go to church? Some people go to church because they want to look good. Some people go to church because it's a, a, a habit. Some people go to church because it's expected. It, would not, it wouldn't be nice. It wouldn't be good if they weren't in church. Everybody would be wondering what happened to them. Some people go to church because they want to show off what talent they have, what clothing they have, and all that. A riff-raff reasons to go to church. You know why you should go to church? To behold the beauty of the Lord. That means to worship God. Man, you want to you wanna serve the Lord. That's why, and you'll never serve the Lord properly if you're not faithful to church. 
Nobody's going to ask you to do responsibility if you don't show yourself faithful. How could, how could we entrust you with responsibility if you're not even faithful to the house of the Lord? You wouldn't know how to teach. You wouldn't know how to preach. You wouldn't know how to sing properly. You wouldn't know how to serve the Lord if you weren't faithful in church. So if you're not faithful in church, you'll never be a worker, a helper in the church. And if you are, you'll bring the church down. Because you'll make it sloppy and, and half-baked. Anyway, uh, let's look over. That's the first reason, to behold the beauty of the Lord. Here's the second reason. Uh, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in His temple. That's asking God for direction. That's asking God for leading. Lord, I need to make decisions. Lord, I have choices to make. I need, I need your wisdom. You'll probably hear it in the church when the man of God preaches the word of God because he's watching over your soul. He's looking at you and saying, hmm, you know, this sheep is sick. This sheep needs help. Oh, this sheep is going far, far away. I need to bring the sheep back to the Lord. You see, that's how it works. We just live in a day and age where Christians say, well, you know, we can just live stream and do what we want to do. Yeah, you can listen to other preachers who will not, who don't know you, who don't know your situation, and won't give you the Word of God. That's for sure. Or you can find a hundred preachers that will tickle your ear. But that's not, that's not biblical. That's not Bible. You need a man of God to watch over your soul and give you the Word of God. Direction. Inquire of the Lord. All right, <clears throat> so let's move on here. Uh, verse number five. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. That's another reason why you should be in church. There's spiritual protection. There's no protection if you're watching another preacher who doesn't know you, doesn't know your need. Man, the devil, he's happy if you're not in church. Devil will try to get you away from church. <clears throat> In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. Oh, it's true in David's day. It's true in our day. You want to be a solid Christian? Get committed to church. And God will give you a, a solid foundation. Foundation for your life. Foundation for your home. Foundation for your children. Foundation for your grandchildren foundation, strong rock, Jesus Christ. He's the one who built the church. He's the one who started it. So you're wondering now, why is church so important? You know why? Because Jesus said, I will build my church. That's what he's about today. In David's day, it was the tabernacle. In Solomon's day, it was the temple. In our day, it's the local New Testament church. And in the future, it's going to be the, the tribulation temple in Jerusalem for those who are left behind. Then there'll be the millennial temple for those who are entering into the millennial temple. Then eventually there's going to be the new Jerusalem, the bride, where everybody who's saved and born again will be a part of that congregation. Oh my, that'll be a wonderful time. It'll be church all the time. Anyway, so if you're not if you don't like church now, I don't know, I check you I check your salvation. 
That's not a good sign. If you don't like church, you think church is boring, or church is just, you know, give and take, I'll go to church when the pandemic is no longer there, you know. You may not, if, if what you have is not taking you to church now, I doubt it will take you to heaven. I'm just saying. And it's, I, I do believe it's possible for a Christian to backslide and not go to church. But boy, you're really going to be sorrow. You're going to be sorrowful and affliction is going to eat you up. All right, let's see here. Uh, so let's see. And now shall mine head be lifted above mine enemies round about. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. You know when God answers your prayer, when God gives you direction, when you follow through and the Lord gives you victory, you know what that results in? It results in a joyful song, a joyful testimony. I like going to church because I like to hear how believers got the victory in their life. It's good to hear that. You need to hear that. <clears throat> uh, hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. Now, David had confidence that God would answer him because he was in the tabernacle. Uh, if you're a born-again Christian and you're not involved in church, how do you expect God to answer you? Lord, answer me. I'm not going to honor your day. <laughs> Lord, answer me. I'm not going to go to church. Lord, bless me. I'm, I'm going to violate your scriptures. How, does, that, does that work? No. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. <clears throat> Verse 8, when thou say, seek my face, my heart said, thy face, Lord, will I seek. You see that? Christian, learn this. When God speaks to you, Follow through with what God tells you according to the word of God. Do what God said. Verse 9, Hide not thy face from me, put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Father, mother, you know what? Some Christians put family in front of the Lord. Oh, I can't go to church because it's Mother's Day. I'd go to my Mother's Day celebration and skip church. Oh, I can't go to church because it's uh, Christmas and we have to gather together with our family. Family takes the place of God. You really want to destroy your uh, fellowship with the Lord? Put your baby in front of God. Put your wife or your a husband in front of the Lord. Put your family in front of God and you will see your priorities will be messed up. You know, the best thing to do is to bring your family to the Lord. That way, you can have Mother's Day at church and it'll be a wonderful Mother's Day. That way, you can have Christmas at church and it'll be a wonderful time of fellowship with the family if you would lead them to the Lord. But if they don't want to follow the Lord, it's time to leave them. And you follow the Lord. You know what I found? I found that God gives you a new family. He gives you a new set of family. And not just that, 
you may win your family to the Lord and bring them to the Lord. More often, I found that that's the case, that God honors you when you honor Him. But when you put family in front of God, mm, not good, will not do you good. All right, let's see here. Uh, let, uh, where are we at now? <clears throat> Verse 11, teach me thy path. This is a good prayer request. This is something you should be asking the Lord. Lord, teach me your path, your thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Now, David, let's go back to 2 Samuel. David found out the Philistines were coming, and David asked the Lord for a strategy, a plan, how to attack the Philistines and gain the victory. Go to 2 Samuel Chapter number, uh, chapter number 5, and let's look at verse number 23. 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 23. This is a great uh, uh, story, a great account, and an, uh, we can make some great applications about this. Verse 23, and when David inquired of the Lord, he inquired again. You see, every time you go to God and you ask Him for direction, and you're in the tabernacle, you're in the house of God, God will lead. God will give you wisdom. Verse 23, And David inquired of the Lord and said, Thou shalt not go up, but fetch a compass behind them. Oh, sneak up behind them, David. Don't go in front of them. Go behind them. This is a different strategy. But it came from the Lord. And come upon them over against the mulberry trees. So basically, the Lord said, Okay, David, Half of your men come from behind. The other men climb up on these trees and just wait for the signal and then you can jump on them and attack the Philistine army. So verse 24, 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 24. And let it be when thou hearest the sound of a going in on the tops of the mulberry trees, then thou shalt bestir thyself, for then shall the Lord go out before thee to smite the host of the Philistines. Verse 25, look at it very carefully. And David did so. Did David follow the Lord? Yeah, he did. Guess what the results are? And David followed, did so as the Lord hath commanded him and smote the Philistines from Geba until thou come to Gezer. Gezer. So <clears throat> he set up the armies in the trees, hiding in the trees, uh, here comes the Philistine army. He's got the army of David behind the Philistines, coming behind them. And then all of a sudden, when they were in the right spot, one of David's military guys starts shaking the tree. And that was the sign. Everybody was shaking the trees, and there was a stirring in the mulberry trees. And those armies were wondering, what's that shaking in the mulberry trees? And before you know it, they were destroyed by the army of David, coming from the top, coming from the back. They didn't expect that. But the wisdom that God gave to David is the key. David did so as the Lord commanded. Ooh, if you want to see victory in your life, do so. As the Lord commands. You see that? The Lord is willing to show us His path if we are willing to obey Him. No doubt, being an active member in a local New Testament biblical Baptist church, 
is part of God's path for every born-again believer today. Are you in it? Are you committed? Are you faithful? Let's pray. Ask the Lord to bless that. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for the instructions that we find in the scriptures. Uh, we need to see victories. We need to see direction. We need to see guidance and uh, uh, principles in scripture that will help us, Lord, for troubled times, for when enemies come up. And we have so many enemies, Lord. We, we are enemy number one, the devil, number two, the world. And then, of course, the worst enemy is ourself, our sinful self. And Lord, all of that, you find the answer in the Word of God, the solution you're pointing us to for our day and age, the local New Testament church. So help us to be faithful so that we can see the beauty of the Lord in our church and inquire of Him for direction, Lord. We ask your blessing upon this word. We thank you for those that will listen. And we thank you for those who will apply the word of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen.